Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. Happy New Year. Hey, I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas. I hope Santa Claus was good to you this year. Hope that you uh, got some new musical gear. Always great to get some new keyboards or some good recording equipment. So anyway, I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. I want to apologize. I took last week off. I was planning on uh, starting the new year last week with jazz piano skills. However, I came down with the flu and was very sick. Still not 100%, but uh, feel much better than I did last week for sure. So here we go. Brand new year, 2020, and uh, a new season, new episodes for jazz piano skills, and I'm looking forward to it. I have some great new year resolutions to share with you. First and foremost, I'm going to take a little more relaxed approach with this podcast, more along the lines of how I teach lessons in person. Uh, this gives me some educational latitude and the ability to improvise a little with my thoughts and, and my ideas. I'm also, some of you will be probably very excited to hear that I'm going to lose the tagline I've been using, the tagline of turn off your eyes and turn on your ears. Personally, I like it. I like it a lot, but my family told me over Christmas uh, it was borderline cheesy. And uh, let me tell you, as I'm sure some of you know, your wife and your children can be brutally honest. So I listened to them and I said, "Okay, all right, all right, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to stop. Turn off your eyes and turn on your ears." But you know, the whole point of that tagline is that with a podcast, and the reason I do a podcast instead of videos is because I really want you to just sit back and listen. Listen to the educational content and focus on what is being said and, and truly digest that conceptually before you try to di dive in and, and apply the jazz piano skills physically. So there was a good intention without question behind the tagline, turn off your eyes and turn on your ears, but I'm going to take the advice of my family and I'm going to lose it this year. I don't have a new one to replace it, so if you guys have any ideas please let me know. Would be would love to hear your thoughts, your suggestions, your ideas. I'm also adopting a less is more educational approach. I really want to zoom in and center in on one very specific jazz piano skill for each podcast. Thoroughly exploring the skill and the proper ways to think about the skill and various ways to approach practicing the skill both mentally and physically. 
And finally, I'm providing a, a couple new features for each podcast. One is I'm going to uh, make available a supplemental educational materials, a podcast guide, if you will, that's available. Uh, and you can get those um, on the website, jazzpianoskills.com. Uh, it's a way to kind of have a visual aid or a visual guide to the, to the educational content that's being discussed in the podcast. Some of you may find that to be beneficial. Others of you may not need it at all. So it's strictly optional. You do not need the supplemental material to enjoy the podcast or to reap the benefits of the podcast. I have also included on the website now uh, a little community participation. There's actually a way uh, to add comments that you can actually chime in and um, offer up any comments or ideas that you have along the same lines of the podcast uh, or the jazz piano skill being discussed in the podcast. And that's uh, available online at jazzpianoskills.com as well. So if you go to the site, you'll be able to see uh, the various podcast uh, episodes. And uh, within each episode, you'll be able to have access to the supplemental educational uh, material or guide that you can download. And you'll also have uh, an opportunity to chime in and offer any uh, suggestions or ideas or comments that you have regarding the podcast as well. So as you can see, I have big plans for 2020, uh, big plans for jazz piano skills. I'm very excited. I hope you are too. I'm looking forward to a great season, a great year, uh, and a great time uh, to, with you to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. So let's get down to business and kick off the new year. And we're going to kick off the new year with the exploration of altered dominant scales. First of all, just the title alone, uh, to a lot of folks, can be scary. I know it, it was for me, at least, the very first time I, I heard it, altered dominant scales. Oh my gosh, what the heck is that? And then once, once I found out what, what altered dominant scales are, I actually even got more scared. Because I realized it was dealing with things that I had seen in jazz and I had heard about. But I had absolutely no idea what they were. I would see the notation, but I would have no idea what it meant. Fancy notation, right? The fancy smancy stuff like sharp nine, sharp 11, flat nine, flat 13, sharp five, sharp nine, flat nine, right? All the fancy smancy symbols that I would see next to chord symbols and I had no idea what they were. And so, of course, we're always kind of a little uh, apprehensive or scared about uh, the things that we do not know. So today, I want to shine a little light on altered dominant scales and try to demystify or simplify uh, that skill, that jazz piano skill for you. Now, for some of you, this topic may uh, be too easy. You may already have a, a command or mastery of ultra-dominant scales, ultra-dominant sounds, chords, voicings. Fantastic. I encourage you to continue listening because you may hear, uh, hear these uh, ultra-dominant scales presented in a way that is different than from how you've thought of them in the past and, and, and as a result, find it to be beneficial. Others of you, on the other hand, 
may be going like, wow, this is, this is way beyond my, my skill level right now. Uh, not sure I'm going to even understand what, what he's talking about. I would encourage you as well to listen, right? This is how you learn. Uh, you have to dive in at some point and be introduced to these jazz piano skills, to altered dominant scales, and start getting your feet wet, so to speak, uh, to, um, to actually be able to advance as a player and to incorporate these sounds into your playing. So regardless, whether altered dominant scales are too easy, whether they're too hard for you right now, relax and listen. You're going to learn something. So here we go. First, there are five dominant sounds that we deal with in jazz. Five. Here they are. We have a pure dominant sound, number one. Pure dominant sound. Number two, sharp 11 dominant sound. Number three, flat 13 dominant sound. Number four, flat nine, flat 13 dominant sound. And number five, flat nine, sharp nine, flat five, sharp five dominant sound, or what we call fully altered. Now, each one of these dominant sounds can be played as a scale or as a chord. In other words, each one of these dominant sounds can be played melodically or harmonically. Today, we're going to focus on playing these five dominant sounds melodically as scales. So again, here are the five dominant sounds that we're going to deal with today as scales. Pure dominant, sharp 11, flat 13, flat 9, flat 13, flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5. So why these five dominant sounds? Why these five dominant scales? Where do, where do these come from? How did I select these five? Well, I didn't select these five. I had nothing to do with these five. Music gives us these five dominant sounds. Our tuning system gives us these five dominant sounds. These five dominant sounds come from one of these three scales, the major scale, the harmonic minor scale, or the melodic minor scale, which by the way, I call these three scales the holy trinity of music, right? The major scale, the harmonic minor scale, the melodic minor scale. The major scale gives us major, minor, dominant, half-diminished sounds. If you know anything about modes, uh, you would understand what I'm talking about when I make this statement. 
that the chords produced by the major scale are major, dominant, minor, and half diminished. And all pure sounds. In other words, no fancy smancy, no fancy smancy chords or sounds are produced by the major scale. So logic tells us then, if fancy smancy sounds are not produced by the major scale, then they must be produced by a minor scale. And indeed they are. Not the natural minor or the relative minor, because the natural minor and the relative minor are just simply the same notes of a major scale, right? Just starting at a different location. The minor scales that I'm speaking of that give us the fancy smancy sounds are the harmonic minor and melodic minor scales. So if all of this scale talk, major, harmonic minor, melodic minor, is over your head right now, no worries. Just be aware of it, but do not worry because we're going to talk about these fancy smancy chords, these altered dominant scales, in such a way that we can work around that today. So just a quick recap. We are going to deal with five altered dominant sounds. Well, actually, I guess four altered dominant sounds, one dominant sound just being pure. So there's going to be five dominant sounds we deal with. One is pure. The other four have alterations to them. So we have a pure dominant. We have a dominant with a sharp 11. We have a dominant scale with a flat 13. We have a dominant scale with a flat 9, flat 13. And we have a dominant scale with a flat 9 and a sharp 9, and a flat 5 and a sharp 5. So all I want you to know at this point is that in music, specifically jazz, we are dealing with five dominant scales. One pure, one sharp 11, one flat 13, one flat 9, flat 13, one flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5. These five dominant sounds, these five dominant scales become our arsenal, the tools that we can use to color a song a specific way. You hear these sounds when you listen to jazz. You hear them all the time. You may not be able to identify them, but you certainly hear them. And once you know what they are and you can begin practicing them, then you will be able to identify them when you hear them in songs and jazz literature that you're listening to. So let's go through each of these sounds, each of these scales. So the first one, pure dominant. And I'm going to illustrate these for C dominant today. The Supplemental Educational Guide, podcast guide that I, that's available online at jazzpianoskills.com has all of these dominant sounds notated and written out for you uh, for all 12. So again, it may be very beneficial for you if this is new to you. That guide can become very invaluable for you when practicing and playing these scales uh, at home. So the C dominant scale, C, D, E, F, G, A, and B flat. 
there it is. Just that. It's like taking the major scale and just lowering the seventh one half step. So instead of a B natural on top, you have a B flat. So here's what it sounds like with a chord underneath it. Now, the academic world uh, is going to refer that refer to that as the Mixolydian mode, okay? The street jazz musician is going to refer to that as the C dominant scale, okay? I just mentioned the mode to you because I, I want to validate where the sound is coming from. So in other words, that you know that it's legit. So now that we have our pure C dominant, right? Now we can actually alter that dominant scale. We have to start with the pure dominant scale, then we can alter it or we can decorate it. As I explain to students in my lessons, you know, right? You, you, have to, you have to bake a cake before you decorate that cake. So you have to know the pure dominant scale first before you can start adding alterations to it and before those alterations, and, and in order for those alterations to actually make sense to you. So the very first thing I would say to you is make sure that you have a command of the pure dominant scale, all 12 of them, before you start adding decorations or alterations to them. So the very first alteration is the sharp 11. So we have our pure dominant scale. Now, to sharp the 11, we're just going to do exactly that. The 11th being the fourth, or the note F, we're just going to raise it one half step. So now we get this sound. So we just took the pure dominant scale, altered the fourth, raised the fourth, one half step, sharp 11, and there we have it. Now, in the academic world again, they'll refer to that as the Lydian flat seven. It's the fourth mode of the melodic minor scale. Man, that sounds really good, doesn't it? Sounds really smart. But I don't want you to worry about it. Who cares that it's the Lydian flat seven? At this time, what you want to be able to do is understand what a C7 sharp 11 is and be able to play that scale. And the quickest and fastest way to get to that scale is to do exactly what the notation tells you to do. C dominant 7, sharp 11. Play the C dominant scale, sharp the 4th or the 11th, and there you have it. The next dominant sound, the flat 13. So what do you think we're going to do? We're going to play the pure dominant scale, C dominant, and we're going to flat the 13th, or the 6th, or the note A. So now we get this. We lower that A one half step to A flat. Pretty sound again, right? 
beautiful. These alterations are wonderful. So again, the academic world is going to tell you that's the Mixolydian flat six or the fifth mode of the melodic minor scale. Sounds awesome. Really smart. However, you do not need to worry about that right now. I want you to play the pure dominant scale, flat the six, flat the A. Now you have a C7 flat 13. The next altered scale, one of my favorite, the flat nine, flat 13. So again, we're gonna approach this very logically. We're gonna start with our pure dominant scale. We're gonna flat the nine, which is the second. And we're gonna flat the 13, which is that A again, right? So we get this sound. Once again, in the academic world, we're going to say that that's the fifth mode of the harmonic minor scale. Again, it just validates where these sounds come from. That these sounds, the reason I'm giving you the modes again, is I want you to know that it is our tuning system. It's our scales, our major harmonic minor, melodic minor scales that are producing these sounds for us. I didn't make them up. A jazz musician did not make them up. They exist through music itself. And finally, the last altered dominant scale or sound. It's what we call the fully altered. In other words, we're gonna flat the nine, we're gonna sharp nine, we're gonna flat the five, we're gonna sharp the five. So basically it's the whole kitchen sink, right? Everything gets altered. We have our, we have our root, we have our third, we have our seventh, and everything else in the scale is altered. So let's start with our pure dominant scale again. But now we're going to flat the nine, D flat, we're going to sharp the nine, E flat or D sharp, put our third in there, flat the five, G flat, sharp the five, A flat or G sharp, put our seventh in there, and there we go, we have the entire sound. Really pretty. You hear it all the time in jazz literature. So now let me put each one of these sounds side by side. C dominant, pure. C dominant seven, sharp 11. C dominant flat 13. C dominant seven, flat nine, flat 13.
and C fully altered, flat nine, sharp nine, flat five, sharp five. So now let me play these same five dominant scales with a little rhythm section behind me so you can actually hear them in a musical context. Pure dominant. Sharp 11. Flat 13. Great sounds, right? This is exactly how I would practice them. Notice that when I was playing those scales, the dominant, from the pure dominant to the fully altered dominant, I was just playing them simply straight up, straight down. Wasn't trying to do anything fancy, wasn't trying to improvise. I was just trying to play with a good time, good time, good feel, and to focus on digesting those sounds, each one of them. Again, if having these scales written out, musical notation, having them in front of you, uh, I strongly encourage you to download the educational supplemental guide for this podcast that you can access at jazzpianoskills.com. Uh, I find having a visual guide, a visual cue in front of me when I'm practicing, I find that to be very beneficial. So if, if you uh, find it to be beneficial as well, I certainly encourage you to get that educational guide. It will be well worth it. It will help expedite the learning process for you. So now, I want to play these five dominant sounds again. This time, I'm going to improvise. I'm only going to use the notes of the scale. I'm not going to use any notes outside of the scale. I'm not going to do any uh, half-step approachments to any of the target notes within the scale. Uh, I'm not, I'm just going to actually play scale tones. And I want you to hear how wonderful, how tremendous these scales are when using them to improvise. 
and that you just have to use the notes of the scale. Nothing else, just the actual notes of the scale. Now, I'm actually going to have my rhythm section play underneath me, but I'm going to actually improvise using a trumpet. So you can actually distinguish between the piano voicings that I'm playing in the background and the trumpet improvisational lines on top of those voicings. Now keep in mind, the trumpet is only playing the notes of the scale, improvising with the notes of each one of the scales. Here we go. Pure dominant. Sharp 11. Flat 13. Flat 9, flat 13. 
both ways, right? Not just an either or. Write them out using letters. Write them out on the musical staff. Once you begin to actually study these scales, these sounds, they start to lose their scariness. The pit bull becomes the poodle. Do not be afraid. Use play-alongs when you practice. Actually place these scales in a musical context. There are a lot of different software applications out there and various apps that you can use to help simulate a musical background for you. I strongly encourage you to use these tools to help you not just digest the jazz piano skill, but to help you develop your sense of time, your sense of feel, articulation. These are all things that a jazz pianist cannot teach you. You have to experience them in order to develop them. We can talk about it, but you have to actually experience time and feel in order to develop a good sense of time and feel. Play the scales from various entry points. Don't always start on the root. Start the scale on the third. Start it on the fifth. Start it on the seventh. Look at the scale from different perspectives. Your ability to do so ultimately determines your ability to develop improvisational skills. Practice using various tempos, various grooves. Mix it up. In other words, do not always practice the same way every time you sit down to practice. Variety is indeed the spice of life. So there you have it. Altered dominant scales. A quick journey through each of them. The pure dominant, the dominant sharp 11, the dominant flat 13, the dominant flat 9, flat 13, and the dominant fully altered, which is the flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5. I hope you found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast to be beneficial. If you are wanting to study this topic and many others extensively, I can't encourage you enough to check out my Jazz Piano Skills curriculum at jazzpianoskills.com. My courses are packed with comprehensive lessons that explore essential jazz piano skills. And each lesson contains detailed instruction and illustrations, provides you with in-depth educational talks. There's interactive learning media. There's traditional guides and worksheets for you to access and download as well. There's high-definition video demonstrations of me playing the jazz piano skills in all 12 keys play-along tracks, lead sheets, uh, professional and, and personal educational support is available, and of course, uh, mobile access to all my courses and lessons from any of your smart devices, making it easy to get access and log in and practice at any time. So uh, check it out, jazzpianoskills.com. That's it for today. That's it for this week. Enjoy the journey. Most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.